chapter 6, and we're reading from verse 15 to the end. Only a short passage this morning. (laughs) Now I'm sure we're all very familiar with the scriptures, because we read them quite often, don't we? And we read the same things over and over again. And I always remember uh, Macintosh, and I might quote him wrongly, but he says something like this. You could speak from one verse of scripture 100 times, and it will still come across in freshness through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a challenge, isn't it? If we're reading words that we're repeating what we've read before, it's a challenge Will it still come across in the freshness and the power of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is teaching us, isn't it? But let's read, start off from Romans 6, verse 15. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid, or certainly not, if you put it in our English language, certainly not. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as always, the, the Lord is looking for a response in the heart of Christians to all that he has done for them. And it's always a good question to ask, isn't it, when you, we're going to think about our standing and our state. Sometimes the state of a Christian can be quite poor. How are we responding to our Lord Jesus Christ? How are we responding to our Father? And all the blessings we have been brought into. The eternal life which has been given us. The inheritance which has been given us. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. All these wonderful things. Deserves, does it not, a response. And we'd all say in our Christian experience, sometimes that response is far below what it should be. And we need to challenge our hearts with that. 
and we've just been mentioning, <clears throat> these are practical verses for practical Christianity and its practical sanctification, which we'll talk about as we go down. But it is very practical. So practical, it is responding to the Lord Jesus Christ. So he begins with, what sh shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid, he says. And it takes us back to verse 1, doesn't it? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We should be responding to grace, should we not? Not abusing grace. <clears throat> now in the days gone by, there were people who were called antinomians. And these people, they would say that, <clears throat> okay, God is a gracious God. Grace is abounded towards us. Abounding grace. Therefore, we'll do as we like. We'll sin as we please. Because we're still saved. Wrong conclusion, yes. We should be responding to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with a changed life. And as it says in this chapter, we now walk in newness of life. We are dead to sin. We're alive to God. We count that. We reckon it. Dead to sin, <clears throat> alive to God. And we're walking in newness of life. And the whole of the Bible, especially the New Testament, it has many guidelines, doesn't it? Many scriptures in many books which tells us how our walk should be. And we're going to look at them all, some of those scriptures as well. <clears throat> but the conclusion, he says in verse 15, is concluding what's all gone before, Yes? All these wonderful things that Andrew brought before us last week. Conclusion now is, shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. And the answer comes back, certainly not. Right. The scripture envisaged a Christian not walking in sin, but occasionally the Christian can fall into sin. He, be, he can be taken by surprise and fall into sin. And there's an interesting verse in 1 John. I'll just read it in verse 18. 1 John, sorry, chapter 5, verse 18. And this might cause some Christians a problem, <laughs> the way it's written, because <laughs> it's written by the Lord as well. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. There you go. Whosoever is begotten of God sinneth not. Now, can you hear all sin in your minds, sitting there at the moment, says, well, I am still sinning <laughs> sometimes, you know, in mind, thought, word and deed. So what does it mean? It means not habitually walking in sin. 
That's what it means. Every non-believer out there at the moment, they walk habitually in sin, don't they? They're not responding to the Lord Jesus Christ, his love, his grace, his death and resurrection. They're not responding to the gospel. They're walking habitually in sin. That should not be the practice of Christians. Galatians 6 verse 1 tells us if a man or a woman is overtaken in a fault, they're overtaken in it, it's caught them by surprise, they've fallen into sin, they need restoration. Confession and restoration. And as we've said before in this chapter, we must never think that there is sin is finished with. It says we're dead to sin. We count we are dead to sin. But the flesh is still there. And as Galatians tells us, the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So we're in this constant battle against the flesh. And not to yield to the flesh. We're going to come to that in a minute. We should not be yielding to the flesh. How can we not yield to the flesh? It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit which dwells within us. The power to walk in newness of life. But shall we sin that grace may abound? Never. And that verse, that hymn I read out this morning, it just came to me, it wasn't specific to this reading, but it's worth saying again. All of grace, yes, grace surpassing, such a portion to bestow. But the love, all knowledge passing, grace has called us now to know. Love that bore the stripes and sorrow, love that suffered on the tree, love that shares the bright tomorrow with loved ones, you and me. We should be responding to grace, not abusing grace. And he says in verse 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Now this word servants, remember it means slaves. Servant, slaves is a much stronger word, isn't it, than servants. (laughs) But servant means you're in bondage to something, you're serving somebody else. And again, unbelievers are in bondage to sin and not serving the Lord whatsoever. To whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Who are we yielding to? Whose control are we under? Under the control of the flesh? Or the control of the Holy Spirit. But he says, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Past tense. We were slaves and in bondage to sin. And we've had this glorious deliverance and salvation. Our sins forgiven. Our sins taken away. Thank God for that, yes? That's the response, isn't it? Thanksgiving 
to God for all he has done. You were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. So we're obedient to the word of God. We're following the word of God and we're seeking to be obedient to what the word of God teaches us. Remember when we did James a long time ago? We talked about James, didn't we? And about the word of God. Doers of the word. Not just hearers of the word. We're all good at hearing the word. It's doers of the word. As you read it, let's do what the Lord says. Being made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. So you're free from sin, and servants of righteousness means conformity to God's will and purpose. In thought, purpose, and action. We're now in conformity to the will of God. And where do we find the will of God? In the word of God. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and iniquity to iniquity lawlessness to more lawlessness even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness now, the RSV will always interpret that word holiness as sanctification Now we are sanctified once and for all, are we not? By the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. So at this very moment, we are fit for heaven. By one sacrifice, he has perfected us forever. So we're clean in his sight. We are saved. We cannot lose that salvation we are set apart to God. We are his holy children. Separate to God. That's sanctification. Once and for all, done for us. Yes? But then we come on to practical sanctification. Being sanctified. And since we started our Christian journey... And now mine's been, what, 45, 46 years. <laughs> that sanctification process should be going on. And we should be becoming more Christ-like. What is the standard of our Christian walk? If you ask that question in your mind, if I ask that question, what is the standard of our Christian walk it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the law, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. That we should walk even as he walked. The only perfect man, the only man who pleased God 100%. So our standard is the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we talk about our standing and our state, our standing as believers is united to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And all these wonderful things I've just said is all coming to us. That is our standing. Nothing's going to change our standing. Some Christians might go right off the rails. Still be the Lord's, yes? Nothing's going to change their standing. Although their state is extremely poor. But don't get them mixed up, yes? <laughs> but our state should reflect our standing, should it not? We should be in a good state reflecting the position which the Lord has placed us in. And again, that is a challenge for every one of us to examine our spiritual state and the walk in newness of life. So let's take next some examples of this practical sanctification, which is the word of God. And we'll look at it first of all in Thessalonians. It's chapter 4, I believe. Yes. In Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, and that's what we're all aiming for, isn't it? To walk, to please God, ye should abound more and more. That's another response, isn't it, to grace? Abound more and more, seeking to walk as pleasing to God. And then he says in verse 3, For this is the will of God, clearly his will, even your sanctification. And here he's talking about sexual sins, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honour, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. And verse 7 says, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So there's clear guidance from the Word of God what the will of God is for Christians, special of, of a sexual nature. And we, we can all see the world out there, can't we? And it's way overboard in all its sexual activities and the works of darkness and that shouldn't be like us should it does that mean a Christian can't fall into a sexual sin yes they could but not to walk habitually in it so it's practical sanctification And we're aiming to be in conformity to the Lord Jesus Christ, being conformed into his image. That's what we're looking for. So, I'm sure you've all met Christians in your life that you, you look at them and they've got such a way in their life and such a demeanour that you think you're in the presence of someone who is close to the Lord. And that's 
quite nice when we see that, isn't it? When we, when we feel that, that you're in the presence of a brother who emits that sense of being Christ-like. And that's what we're hearing from. If you want to test our state, we can look at the fruit of the Spirit, can't we? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, all those wonderful things are the work of sanctification of the Spirit within us. So if we look at that list and we say, we say to ourselves, am I this, 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 and this, and this? <laughs> you can examine your state on that. Practical sanctification. And then he says in verse 20, For when you were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. And what does that mean, I'm free from righteousness? It means all unbelievers have no desire whatsoever to conform with the will of God. No desire to read the word of God. No desire to follow the word of God. That's what that means. They were free from righteousness when they were not saved. But many Christians are saved. Some saved young. Some saved older. And the older you are and the later you're on you come to the Lord, you, you can unfortunately remember all your past sinful life. <laughs> And sometimes the devil can bring that before you, yes? This is what you were like. And there's that lovely hymn in the Believer's Book, number 15. If Satan tempts you to despair, to look at the sin that's still within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. That's the verse to quote yourself, the hymn. If you get intended like that and you're burdened by it, he has made an end of all your sin, permanently finished with it. Again, respond to grace in that. So what fruit had you on those things were even now ashamed? And you would be ashamed, wouldn't you, of all the things you've done, but the Lord has saved. But now being made free from sin, become servants of God, not slaves to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So again, what are we yielding to? Are we yielding to sin and temptation? Or are we yielding to the Lord and walking in newness of life? There's a little example in um, Joseph's life, isn't there? where Potiphar's wife was desirous of Joseph and she was going to entrap him and get her way with Joseph. And what did Joseph do? He did not succumb to that temptation. He fled. It's a good idea, isn't it? Run like mad out of that house. <laughs> and that's what he did. Now, he could have stood there and thought about it a minute. Hang on, you know. I'm well in here with the master and I've got a good job and this might be pleasant for me to do and she's not going to tell anybody. I'll just do it. No, he fled. How can I do this thing and sin against the Lord, he said. 
Good thing to do, yes? So, Colossians tells us, mortify. What does mortify mean? Kill, dead, the flesh. Some examples of our walk in in Colossians chapter 3, I think it is. It is. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Mortify there your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. All these things we should not be yielding to. We're putting off and we're putting on. Verse 8. Now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. None of these things should be seen in Christians, should they? Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and you have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him who created him. And also we get in Ephesians 4, and I'm just explaining to you how the Bible teaches us how we should be walking. Ephesians 4, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as the other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. He is the one, our example. If so be that ye have heard of and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful loves and ye be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness all this practical sanctification isn't it all this a response in our Christian life to the love of our Lord Jesus Christ And the end result is what? The wages of sin is death. The gift of God, the gift of his grace is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Our journey ends in eternal life, doesn't it? And when we get up to glory, there will be no more flesh. No more flesh to try us, tempt us. We'll be conformed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Meanwhile, let's come back to this question. Always we should be asking, what is our response to these things? How do we respond to the love of our Lord Jesus Christ? It's always a good question to ask, isn't it? Let's pray.
Our Father, we thank thee again for thy great love to us in the giving of thy well-beloved Son, sending thy Son into this world that we may have our salvation in him. We do thank thee, Lord Jesus, as we see thee walk here upon earth, the perfect man, the pure man, the man who did not deviate from one way to the other, had a straight course, glorified thee in everything he did, and won the victor's crown. We thank thee the Lord Jesus Christ is our example. We thank thee again for saving us. We thank thee we're all here this morning because we are saved. And we seek to worship thee. Bless us in our Christian lives, in the course we take. May we acknowledge thee in everything and seek through the power of thy Holy Spirit to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. We ask this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.